So the third Sunday of Advent is what? Joy. Joy, and it's so special. Um, I can relate a little bit about joy because I became a grandfather this week. Yeah. There's a whole lot of joy there. But you're going to have to wait for Facebook till it becomes official, just to let you all know. Names, pictures, things like that, it's not in my control. George McDonald said this. He said that it's always Christmas time when a child is born. The angels sing their song in somebody's sky. The heavens fill the atmosphere of somebody's home with its gloria in excelsis, with its message of peace on earth and goodwill to all people. There's always joy when a child is born. Uh, A survey was done to see which characters from the Christmas story was one of the most popular and uh, actually what people could actually identify with. And uh, how many of you think it was Mary? No? Joseph? When you read the Christmas story, most people identify with Joseph? Maybe King Herod? Is that a... No, maybe not. Okay. Uh, Not surprisingly, it was the shepherds that came out on top. All right, most popular people, they can identify with the shepherds. When I was young, I always wanted to be a shepherd in the Christmas program, but my parents usually relegated me to play a sheep or a tree. I was told to be a palm tree and just sort of stand there. And, uh, you know, I was hoping I would have more of a, a role. But today I want to look at the angel's words to the shepherds. We read that earlier when we lit the Advent candle. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid because I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now again, I don't know how you imagine this scene in your mind, but to me, I get this feeling that heaven can no longer contain all of its glory and joy. They just can't keep it to themselves. And, and so it almost explodes out of place where God has allowed it. it was, he allows it in the middle of a field with a bunch of shepherds. <clears throat> the question is, why would God pick shepherds of all people? Most of us are pretty comfortable with the Christmas story. And maybe we're so familiar that it... At times, it just becomes a fable in our minds. It's a myth to some people, but it's, it's a beautiful story how our Savior came into the world, and some have sentimentalized it so much that we just keep it on a superficial level, and yet it is so deep. We have allowed our culture to make Christmas, and even the Christmas story, all about the remaining shopping days or whatever else there is out there, and we really neglect the meaning of the season. I find it interesting that God chose to send that birth announcement uh, of his sons, of his sons, sorry, to, to shepherds. Now Luke 2 8 doesn't tell us much about who they were. He just says, and he writes, they were just shepherds uh, in the fields nearby. Throughout history, being a shepherd was actually a noble profession. Abel was the first to have his job, followed by Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and of course, when we read the Old Testament, David was a shepherd. But by the time the first century rolls around, the shepherds had, being a shepherd, really lost its luster. Uh, shepherds were made up of actually the lowest class of the people. They were just sort of ahead of the lepers, they, people you didn't trust. Um, so it's very unusual when we read the scriptures and we see that it was these angels appeared to these lowly shepherds. We need to understand that the shepherds were ceremonially unclean. In other words, by the nature of the work, they couldn't go to the religious services. They couldn't go to the temple. Why? Because they were dealing and walking in stuff. And that's just what it was. 
they, they always had to move their flocks. They, they always had to find new grass. They always had to move to uh, fresh water. They never stayed in one place for a long time. They were isolated. They were forgotten. They were treated with contempt. They were treated with mistrust. They were, never, uh, they were always suspected of stealing uh, from others. And their testimony was never allowed in court. And this is who God picks to reveal the good news. Now, as we examine scripture, he, he entrusts his greatest message to get the word out to a bunch of smelly shepherds. So why did the angel appear to the shepherds instead of the priests or the ultra-religious zealots or, or even to King Herod? The angels appeared to the shepherds to show that God shows that everyone matters. Absolutely everyone matters. And the only announcement of Christ's birth that goes out goes out to a bunch of uneducated outcasts. And it's their job to spread the news. And so you have to ask the question, what does this have to do with joy? Well, back in Luke 8, it says that uh, even though they were attentive with their jobs, their, um, and they were keeping watch on the field by night, they were so committed to their career that these guys never left their work. This, their work was a 24-7 deal for them. Uh, they were very faithful. They were keeping watch. And notice that God meets these guys right where they're at. I think that's the beauty of it. And you may be thinking that God, you don't know God, or you question if he even exists. But, or maybe you look at this time as you come to a, a church gathering like this, and you wonder if God's even mad at you. And I think when we look at this story, we got to realize that we are not insignificant to him. We are not insignificant. God meets us right where we're at. And it doesn't matter if you're at work or you're at home or whatever. And it doesn't matter whether or not we smell like shepherds. But we let Jesus come into our lives and he begins to wash us up. And I love the fact that heaven chooses to bring a message to the messed up, to the low achievers. But he also uses those people to get the message out to the high ones. And while they're being attentive and while they're doing their responsibilities, they, they're suddenly awed by a supernatural encounter of angels. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. They were so afraid, one uh, rendition says. So God meets us where we're at and God's glory lights up the sky and causes these guys to literally quake in their sandals. And now the angel has their attention. Uh, something uh, extraordinary takes place. They're filled with awe, but they are ready to accept this message of joy and to spread it. And I love the angel says, don't be afraid. Like, just relax, man. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. When was the last time you had good news to share? Maybe it was the promotion, right? Maybe it was a, a good result from an exam. Maybe it was an announcement that, you know, you're getting married or that you're going to have a child. When was that last time? Or in my case, a grandchild. And it just kills me that, you, you know, you're respecting the parents and it's their kid. And no, no, I've been here longer. Of course, you can't wait when you have good news. You can't wait to get home or in today's day and age, it's all about social media or to find that friend or that loved one and you just want to blurt it out. You just want to share. You want to bust through the door. You have a big grin on your face, you know, but guess what? Guess what? Guess what? And you want to share good news. Today, again, we save it for Facebook. I don't know. I just don't understand it. But in our scripture, this is what the angels are doing. They're bursting in. They're, they're, they're coming into the natural realm. They have 
these uh, shepherds in these fields that they burst in and they announced this good news of great joy. And on one level, it was a birth announcement of a new human life in the, in the form of this baby born in Bethlehem. But on a much larger level, the announcement is about eternal life. It's about a savior who has been born. The Messiah has come. And this message is for all people. And that's one of the things that we need to look at in the scripture. It, it gets very personal. It says you as well. You. It's for the whole world, but it, it's, it becomes deeply personal for you and for me. And the shepherds didn't just you know, enjoy and accept the message they received. They actually acted. And Luke 2.16 says that they moved on and they found the baby in the manger. And the first thing they did was bounce to Jerusalem, full of excitement, supernatural encounter, had a message to say, saw the baby with their own eyes. It was happening. Here, here's a baby born in a smelly stable. It's not a problem to the shepherds. They're already used to it, so it's not a big deal. But they noticed that this message that they had had, had nothing to do they never talked about seeing the amazing angels. There's no reference to Mary or Joseph. They came to see Jesus. And once they saw the baby, they began to head out and share the good news. They began to share their story. They couldn't keep their joy. They couldn't keep their excitement. If you think about it, we're here today because they couldn't keep quiet. Matt, if you and your team can come up. And I think what's cool here is that the shepherds went back to their same boring jobs. After this dramatic excitement and sharing the news, they go back to their same boring jobs, but they weren't the same on the inside. They returned to where they started. They were attentive again. The shepherds returned, scripture says, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard and seen, just as they've been told. And that, it occurs to me, is where our joy comes from. You know, some of us, we get really pessimistic during this time. I know I do. I, I, I... I struggle with Christmas. I struggle with the commercialism. I struggle with all that stuff. But it's interesting, as we, as we take the time and we, we spend it and we walk through Advent and we spend the time about what the church has done in terms of the calendar to just bring attention to the story. And it doesn't matter if Jesus was born in December or in September, October, or November. It's not the issue. The issue is that we're celebrating the fact that he came to earth for us. And uh, in our world that's full of pessimism, in a world that's full of anger and other stuff, where's the joy? You know, we can be so critical. We can be whining. We can, like, you know, if you're going to Costco today, like, it's just, where's the joy? There's no joy. The fact is, it comes from the life of God in us. It comes from God filling us, flowing through us. It comes from the Holy Spirit indwelling us and bearing fruit in us. It's the gift of life. It's new life. It's eternal life. It's God with us life. That is the source of joy. And there, we have to be very clear. There's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is a feeling. It's an emotional response to an external set of circumstances, whereas joy, on the other hand, is actually an attitude that we carry with us, within us. It's a gift from God. It's, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives just to have joy. We're not happy about a lot of things in life. None of the challenges, none of the pains that come into our life make us happy. However, we can face those things when we have joy. And today is about joy. Joy is a gift from God. 
It's inner true joy of the spirit which remains even through difficult times of life. And that's really only something that comes from, from God. And it's a gift that we can all simply ask for. So my question to you as you go on, and we've witnessed our kids participating, sharing a message, wanting just to be in front and singing. And it's just, I love that I took a picture of the, all the parents and grandparents standing in the back with their cameras out as soon as the kids came. But do you, would you describe your life as full of joy? And that's the question that you need to deal with as you walk out of here. Corey Tamboon once said, if, if Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem and not in me, then I'd still be lost. It's time, if you haven't done, or maybe to recommit ourselves about Jesus being born in us. And so I throw that out here. What is joy about? What is this season about? We're reminded and we're come back to the, we come back to the manger to be reminded of the cross. The reason for the season is that Jesus came to be born and to die and to resurrect so that we have eternal life. Why don't you just bow your heads with me? Again, I'm not sure where you're at today. Maybe you just came on an invite of a friend, nine easy words. See their kids perform. But do you have joy? And do you need God's joy today? Let me pray for you. If that is you, Father, I thank you for loving me even when I feel like a loser. I don't honestly understand at times how you can accept me when I don't measure up. And so God, as we just gather before you on a morning like this, we just confess to you that we're, we're sinners and we want to turn away from the ways that we've been living and we need you as a savior in our life. Thank you for not just being born, but for rising from the dead so that I can be born again. So God, we pray humbly before you this morning and we ask that and we invite that you grant us joy. Grant us joy in this season. Grant us to be people of joy, people of blessing, people, messengers, uh, your messengers who go out and share a message that is life-giving to the world in which you've placed us. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Now, the last few weeks, we've been ending soul a little bit differently. And uh, I'm going to invite the adults to stand. Kids, you can just hang tight right here. But adults, will you stand with me? We are going to sing a song. We've been singing this. This may be new for some of you if you're visiting our guests, but that's okay. The words are going to be on the screen. It's taken from the prayer of the breastplate of St. Patrick. And uh, there's a prayer component to it, which is the first, uh, which is the verses part. And then there's a blessing component, which is the chorus. And so the prayer says, as I rise, strength of God, go before me, lift me up. As I wake, eyes of God, look upon, be my sight. As I wait, heart of God, satisfy and sustain. As I hear voice of God, lead me on, be my guide. And then it says, above and below, before, behind me, and every eye that sees me, Christ be all around me. It's a prayer. And it's a prayer that invites God into our lives on a number of different levels. And normally we just do a simple blessing at the end of the gathering. But like I said, for uh, our season of Advent, we're singing both the prayer and the blessing together corporately. So I invite you to join our worship team to 
follow along as they lead us. Soul Sanctuary, above and below, before and behind, and in every eye that sees you, may Christ be all around you. We will see you next week, Christmas Eve, both gatherings in the morning, 909-1111. See you then.